We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to week two in the NFL. This is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. And I am your host, Joe Pizzapia. And with me, my tag team partner, my partner in crime, one, the only John McCackney. What's up, Johnny? How are you doing? Oh, man. How's it going, man? I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be, uh, glad to be getting the NFL season started up, man. Yeah, man, and I'm and I'm glad because you're the high flyer, and I'm more of like the grappler guy in the in the tag team. So we, I'm we coming from the top rope here Friday morning. Let's go. That's right, baby. That's how we do it. Top rope only. And I'll tell you what: after that game Thursday night, uh, it's all bets are off. You know, <laughs> you know, if you know anything about the NFL, uh, and you think that a rookie quarterback is going to go in on a short week, having played a couple quarters of the NFL, and beat a team on the road. Then you were right. <laughs> well, so, sometimes Marvin Lewis is a great equalizer. Yes, apparently. He's going to make a wonderful coordinator again someday. All right, let's, uh, let's go over and let's start here. It's week two of the NFL. Week one, we know who the stars were. They were guys like Tariq Cohn, guys like Corey Davis came out of nowhere. Then you also had some big defensive performances from Jacksonville and Los Angeles. The Rams, that is. I know I have to be more specific if I say Los Angeles now. This is the times we live in and <laughs> what I must accept. But let's start at the top. Let's start a quarterback, and let's start with the pricey ones. Tom Brady, 9,200. Aaron Rodgers, 91. Drew Brees, 87. Now, I'm looking at this, and all three of these guys, you know, you can even throw Carr and Ryan into this group. But I really want to concentrate on this top three first because all three of them, at least on paper, are all set up for big games. You know, we had Brady coming off the, you know, the angry revenge game for Brady. We got Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, hopefully they shake the dust off. It's not Seattle anymore. It's going against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And then Drew Brees, obviously in the dome. Now, for some reason, Brees is $500 less than Brady. And I'm looking at it this week as I'm wondering, do you think you're going to need one of these quarterbacks in a tournament lineup to really cash because of the upside 
and the giant point total that they might be able to bring in this week? Um, I don't actually. There are a few quarterbacks uh, down the list that I, that I like a little bit better uh, as far as tournaments are concerned. Um, but I, I mean, uh, you definitely want to get pieces of both uh, on both sides of that um, New, New England versus New Orleans game. I mean, that's like one of the higher implied over under games. I think it's around 56, which is extremely high for an NFL game. So uh, I think going after a guy like Brady uh, after a long week to rest, um, I, I think that, that he's probably going to be the highest point scorer. But I think there are ways to, to go about your lineups uh, where you don't have to spend uh, 9200 to, to get there. All right. Well, cash game lineups, I think it's pretty easy to get any of them in if you want. Now, I, I sure. bring up the point about the, the tournament lineup because, you know, it, there are some discounts there in the wide receiver range. You can, you know, we'll get to guys later on in the next segment here. But just looking at the way the board is, you know, if one of these guys should have an enormous, you know, day or we're talking one of those classic Tom Brady, Drew Brees days, you know, I, I think it's going to be shocking to see another quarterback, you know, last week, we, and Matt Stafford was a guy at the top of a lot of tournament lineups. Jared Goff, obviously. But this week, that grouping is a little trickier. All right, let's, let's, go, let's go to the middle range here. you got Russell Wilson against the Seahawks. Hopefully, that'll be better. However, the offensive line was not good for Seattle. Matt Ryan at home. Derek Carr against Oakland. Breaking down Carr at 8,300. If you go into game script, the game script will go something like, Oakland gets a big league, Oakland sits on a big league. And I think that kind of limits Derek Carr. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think that the, that Oakland's going to have to do a whole lot to, to build, you know, like a 17 point lead by midway through the second quarter there. So, you know, Carr's attempt of, you know, ceiling is going to be pretty capped in this one. Uh, I don't think that the, the, the Raiders are really going to have to do a whole lot in order to, uh, to really put this one away. I mean, the spread is like, was it like 14 or 15 that, I mean, that that's, you don't really see that in an NFL game too often, but when the Jets are involved, uh, it makes a little bit of sense. Yes, all gloves are off with the New York Jets. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is at home, which is where you want him. At 8K, he is a very, very good return on investment. Maybe that's where you might start with your tournament plays. However, it is against the Minnesota Vikings. That Minnesota Vikings defense is for real. Just go ask Drew Brees. He will tell you. The question is, is it real enough to travel into Pittsburgh where Ben Roethlisberger and company, especially Big Ben, his QB numbers are so much better there. No, that, that, that's a fair point. But I mean, everyone approaching week, week one last week was, was, you know, chomping at the bit to get as much Pittsburgh as they possibly could uh, going against Cleveland. And what they do, they, they only scored like 20 points. Uh, so I mean, that, that offense wasn't particularly impressive. I, I think you do make a good point in bringing up that Roethlisberger at home is, is kind of a different animal. Um, but I, I really think that Vikings defense top to bottom, you know, you're talking about their front four. Uh, you talk about their linebacking core and their secondary. It's it's all, you know, extremely solid. So I'm looking for some bounce backs, you know, for, from like a Le'Veon Bell uh, and a Martavis Bryant. But I'm not sure that I'm approaching Ben Roethlisberger this week as far as my quarterback goes. You know, it's funny. I think for the very mention, the reasons you mentioned there, Roethlisberger becomes even more uh, tantalizing to me, yeah. uh, which is, you know, it sounds dirty because he's just like a, a scuzzy, schemy <laughs> kind of a dude where yeah, you're you talking know, to a Ravens fan here, man. Hey, you don't look, even, all you I know is tell me. if I was a girl at a bar, I would certainly just get up and walk down to the end of the bar. But I will say Particularly this about, if you're in Milledgeville, Georgia, especially there. Uh, <laughs> <Ben> Roethlisberger, <laughs> to me, because of the so so showy, because Le'Veon Bell looked a little flat out of the gate last week. I think this is going to scare a lot of ownership away. And Roethlisberger at home, I mean, when you look at the numbers the last three years, it is astounding. And the pairing there is Martavis Bryant. 
you know, everybody's going to want to go Brown, but I'll tell you what, Bryant is a very cost-effective one to go with. That's another guy. You look at the numbers of Bryant in Pittsburgh in his career. They are staggering. And I'm not talking about the yardage even so much as the touchdown totals. So for me, that's a pairing right now that I want all kinds of parts of. I think Marcus Mariota is a trap at 79. That Jacksonville pass rush is very good. Plus, Boye is healthy. He's going to play, you know, despite the illness he was doing with this week. So I'm a little shy on Mariota. Winston off the two-week layover. I know it's the Bears, but at the same time, I'm a little terrified of that one. Then let's go to the controversial one of the week. Before I give my two cents, I want to hear your thoughts on Carson Palmer at Indianapolis at 7,500. Oh, boy. I mean, uh, it's hard to look more washed than what Palmer looked like last week. And, you know, it's not, it's not like the, the Lions defense is one uh, that, that, you know, you, you can really kind of – give Carson Palmer a break to for struggling against and you know he doesn't have David Johnson anymore uh, so that's an issue um, I, I'm I'm pretty much selling off as much of my Arizona Cardinals shares uh, you know be it John Brown uh, obviously uh, not David Johnson but uh, Larry, any Larry Fitzgerald I, I faded him for the most part um, but yeah you got to be extremely concerned if there's one week to, to do it I suppose it would be against an Indianapolis team that that you could argue is the 32nd best team in the NFL right now uh, after get, just getting boat raced by the Rams um, but I have a hard time thinking that, that Palmer's gonna gonna be doing enough uh, you know whereas uh, you know there, there are other guys a little bit deeper down the board um, uh, we'll get into this soon but I, I just I have a really hard time uh, justifying putting Palmer in my lineup and I, and I get where he's cheap enough and, and people are going to be scared off to, you know, to your point that you made about Roethlisberger. Um, but boy, uh, it's hard for me to trust that offense right now. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we're on the same page here because I've talked to a lot of people who want to go right back down to the Carson Palmer. Well, they no, see opportunity. You. Yeah, they see opportunity with Indianapolis, but that running game being the disaster it is right now without David Johnson, John Brown, not practicing. I understand Vontae Davis is out. I understand the Colts are bad, but so are the Cardinals right now. And yeah. and if and for 7500 it's not – if he was like a $6,800 quarterback, all right, then I go, you know what, I'm going to have one lineup in a multi-entry where I'm going to have a Carson Palmer lineup okay. But I don't think that's the way I want to go this week. I think Phillip Rivers at 7K is going to be in a lot of lineups. I think uh, coming home for the first time playing against – I know it's a new home, but still home nonetheless – but playing against Miami, a team that hasn't played football in a couple weeks here now, there's a long layoff. I expect them to be a little flat out of the gate, both on offense and defense. We'll see if that rings true or not. But Rivers at 7K allows you all kinds of running back pay up, all kinds of wide receiver pay up. Really, it's, it's a huge lineup builder. But he is going to be heavily owned, and I think that's something you need to take into account. Uh, then you got Jared Goff at 6,500, another guy. Do you go down to the Jared Goff well at home again against Washington, a team that wasn't very inspiring last week? Uh, I, I still, I you know, one week is one week against Indianapolis isn't enough for me to be sold on Jared Goff, and you know, I pulled for Jared Goff. I, I liked his college tape and uh, and, and all that, but uh, last year was pretty disastrous. I know he looked better. Uh, last week, and he has Sammy Watkins now at his disposal in an offensive line that's you know markedly better, and he plays for an offense that that is uh, of this century as opposed to what Jeff Fisher was running uh, last year. But I, I just I don't know, man. Uh, Jared Goff, I, I just I can't do it yet. Like I I hope that you're right, um, but for me, uh, you know, like you were mentioning, Phil Rivers at seven K, that extra five hundred. I, I know that that you know that that changes some calculus as far as how you're approaching the rest of your positions, but. 
Uh, I feel much better about a Phillip Rivers court at quarterback going against Miami, who who's secondary. I, I you know I'm really not sold on. And also, we do get treated to to a classic uh, Philip Rivers versus Jay Cutler matchup. And I, I remember the days of Philip Rivers screaming across the field against Jay Cutler on like Christmas Eve games between the Chargers and Broncos. I'm so ready for this to be fired back up. Yeah, baby, let's do it. All <laughs> right, let's talk about running back here. David Johnson no longer available. Sad, hashtag sad. Uh, Le'Veon. Wait, did he get hurt? Uh, yeah, apparently. You know, apparently, Kerwin Williams is the savior if you look at waiver wire reports. Don't ask me how that happened. I mean, talk about lazy fantasy. Oh, Good I'll Lord. just pick up that guy. It's the uh, same thing. Same thing. So yeah. You say, yeah, he could be, he could be David Johnson. He could uh, – <laughs> You could totally be David Johnson. He might even wear his number. You never know. Uh, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, 9K. He's going to start at the top of the board this week. Ezekiel Elliott, 87. LaShawn McCoy coming off a big game, but a much tougher opponent this week, 8,600. Uh, those are your big three this week. So Le'Veon Bell, bounce back at home, yes or no? Um, I, I think I, I'm buying it, in it, but like you know, at the same time, we're talking about the most expensive running back. Uh, on the board now by by over 300 net you know when you're considering that David Johnson's out um and and you know we were just singing the praises of that Minnesota defense here so I, I do in my initial lineup that I built it's it's a very cash game-esque lineup um I do have Bell in there but I, I the more we talking about it um the the less uh confident I feel that Bell put puts on uh, you know the classic Le'Veon Bell game where, where we're talking about you know at least 150 yards from scrimmage here. I think that the, it's going to be a little bit of tough sledding here for him. Yeah, I mean, he would, you know, you got to get that three times value somewhere around there for him, at least two out of that price, I think, to make that lineup work. Ezekiel Elliott against the Denver Broncos. Now, normally I would be okay going against the Broncos because in terms of rush defense, they haven't been the greatest over the last couple of years, even though they're a great personnel defense. From the rushing side, not as great as one might think. But I'm always leery of the thin air up there and how it affects guys, especially running backs. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of fading him, you know, from the top of this board a little bit. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Um, and, you know, Zeke looked looked all right in, in week one. But, uh, you know, and the, the Giants do have a really nice uh, front seven overall. Um, but I think you bring up an interesting point as far as the, the game flow here and the game context where it is in Denver. Um, you know, and, and Zeke's sort of like where he draws his power from is, you know, late in games, he's absolutely wearing you down and just ripping off, you know, eight, 10 yards of carry in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be tough for him to kind of get that same uh, momentum going against that Denver front. And I know that Denver doesn't have DeMarcus Ware anymore and Shane Ray's still out. Um, so things are a little bit different there, but I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I am fading him as well. I like that expression draws his power from. Sounds like Voldemort is in a forest somewhere <laughs> drinking unicorn blood. I love it. How many DFS podcasts are you going to get out there with a Harry Potter reference in week two? How many? Zero. Just yeah, this one. Enough. That's right. This not one. enough. Not enough is the right answer. Not enough. All right. LaShawn McCoy, I have a little bit of trouble with too. I know he's going to get the ton of volume, but Carolina is a much different situation than it is against the Jets. Then we got Devonta Freeman, who come, another guy coming off, I would say, a disappointing game. His value was very good last week, is right there again this week. Then you've, you've got Freeman, you've got Ajayi in the same kind of price range along with Kareem Hunt. Now, Ajayi's dealing with a sore knee, which is something to be aware of. I still think he's going to get a fair amount of touches, but this is something that you have to take into account now with Ajayi. You know, if for some reason he gets hit wrong or some reason start bothering him and he comes out and starts missing snaps, that's, that's a lineup killer. I mean, that's an absolute lineup killer. And for me right now, I think it's enough of a killer that I want to stay away from it. Todd Gurley off the really big game 
or really good game, I should say, Kareem Hunt off the big, big game. So 78 for Kareem Hunt at home, first home appearance. What are your thoughts on Hunt this week at 78? Is it cheap enough where you want to get back in there for a second round? You know, I, I think I do, especially when you, when you consider that I don't like Freeman's matchup a whole lot. Um, I, I thought that Green Bay uh, looked fast. Uh, they looked physical uh, on the defensive side um, last week. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that matchup for Freeman. I know it is at home on a fast track, um, but I'm, I'm worried about that one. I think you bring up a good point about Ajayi. That, that's something that, you know, it's not just a problem for this week, but that, that's, you know, that's something that knocked his draft stock down. He, he's got, he's, he essentially has one, a knee of a 40-year-old uh, on, one, on one side. So, you know, that's going to be an issue uh, the rest of the way there. So uh, I know the Chargers' run defense isn't great, but uh, I think you bring up good points about him, you know, potentially uh, missing some snaps. So I do like Hunt from, the, from this triad. Um, you know, I think that he, he showed that he's, a, he's an excellent pass catcher. You know, he's a guy that caught 40 passes last year at Toledo. Um, so I, I think that he's going to have no problem uh, contributing in that regard. And I think that the, that Chiefs offense, if they, if they approach it with a similar game plan as to what they did in New England, uh, that, that's an offense that's going to be – suddenly it's kind of scary. And I think that Hunt is, is a big part of that. So I do like him against Philadelphia. All right. My favorite running back of the week, John, is Leonard Fournette at 7,600 at home. He touched the ball almost 30 times between receptions and rushes last week against a very tough Houston front, and he got 100 yards, and I thought that was the most impressive performance of everybody talking about everybody and Tariq Cohen and this guy in week one and Hunt. There's something about the Fournette performance that I think flew under the radar that I found personally the most impressive considering the opponent, considering who he has to play with in terms of his own quarterback. And for him this week at 76, I think he's a huge bargain. The volume, the volume, the volume of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you there, particularly on the volume aspect. And you, you got to imagine that, you know, going, going against a Tennessee defense as opposed to uh, the Houston one, uh, I think we're going to see that yards per carry jump up a little bit from like what whatever it was like a 3.9 or 4.0 um, I think we're going to see it you know creep up closer to the to the mid fours uh, going against that Tennessee front so um, mostly I'm, w- I'm with you there for, for the volume perspective uh, I think this yeah this is an opportunity where we're going to see a ton of touches for Fournette and I think he, he looked better and more natural as a pass catcher than a lot of people expected and I, I think that that you know you know it's not the biggest factor on FanDuel it's when it's just half point PPR but it's a nice little bonus you know considering that a lot of people just kind of considered him to be this kind of old school bat coming in uh, so for him to contribute in the passing game is nice too all right Marshawn Lynch at 7200 is going to be very chalk because you have to imagine Oakland has a lead and they're going to sit on it and if they do that means a whole lot of carries for Mr. Lynch he had 18 for 76 last week no touchdowns but he had the touchdown into it this week and all of a sudden if he just repeats this line from last week it's a pretty darn good week and a pretty good two times at least return on investment do you think he's too chalky or do you think it's chalky because it's the right answer I think it's too chalky. Um, you know, I, I do. You know, as much as I love Marshawn Lynch, I, I just think that this is this is too chalky. It makes it makes too much sense that it creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said about math when I was in school. Yeah, just, I get it, but I hate this, it. I get it, but it's just, I'm just creeped out. Just <laughs> stop with the angles. You're you're an obtuse angle. Shut up. <laughs> All right, Dalvin Cook, 6,700, one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. I just uh, was so excited to watch him play on Monday night, and he did not disappoint me. I own so many shares of Dalvin too, Cook this season long all over. 
and he did not disappoint. 15 points. Again, when you're putting up 15 without getting in the end zone, that's a running back. Another one volume-wise I can get behind it. It's 6,700. A huge, huge lineup help. I think so too. I mean, you don't really need to need to ask me twice on on Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, just like you, I have I have you know shares of him in almost every single season long that I'm in, and he really did look great uh, in Week One. And I understand that uh, that that Saints different defense. You know, when when you're also at home, uh, it's a lot different than what he's going against in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense looked really good. It kind of looked like that, like the Steelers' defenses that we're used to seeing uh, last week. But then again, it is against the Browns. Uh, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I think the cook is, you know, if you're worried about uh, volume or if you're worried about volume coming into week one, I don't think you can be anymore. He's clearly the lead dog there in, in that run game. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, he's he's in line for for a good bit of volume here. Um, and the, the price is right here at 6,700. If he was closer to that 7,000 or 7,200 mark, uh, you'd have to think about it a little bit harder. But I think at 6,700, that, that still is a really nice value. Christian McCaffrey, 66, also a good value. Certainly more of a tournament play. Certainly somebody I like a little bit more on a full PPR site than on a half. Just, you know, look, he's got the big game upside. We all know that. And at 66, he's definitely worth a GPP look. But just knowing cash games, you know, in the half PPR, there's still a little bit of limit to him in terms of that touchdown upside. That's the thing, unless he breaks one on his own for a long, which is very possible. But that's a tough sell. I want to talk about my second favorite running back of the week here. At 6,500, Ty Montgomery. And the reason why Montgomery is, is because I want to go back in the Wayback Machine to the Super Bowl, and I want to talk about the game James White had against that Atlanta Falcons defense. And then I want to take you to last week, week one, Tariq Cohen, the game that he had, a running back out of the backfield, catching the ball. And last time I checked, Ty Montgomery was a wide receiver playing running back. And I think that in this one, too, with a, a defense that seems to struggle mightily against that very thing, the running back coming out of the backfield, catching balls and running all over the place. I think Ty Montgomery is set up for a huge potential day here. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I, I would, I'm always a bit of a Ty Montgomery skeptic. I, I just think that the, that the wheels are going to come off at some point. Um, but you do bring up a great point as far as how Atlanta is able to handle or, or not handle uh, those pass catching backs. And I think this is a situation where uh, that, that's going to be an up and down sort of track me type of game. And, you know, aside from the New England, New Orleans game, I think that, you know, this, we're going to get the most offense out of this one. Uh, and, you know, you bring up a good point on, on, on Montgomery's volume here. And I think that he adds uh, some upside as far as uh, the pass catching goes, uh, you know, at, with his history as being a receiver. So at 6,500, uh, I think that is a pretty nice play too. I'll give you that. All right, one more bonus guy. It's more of a dart throw, you know, in one of these, you know, bigger tournaments. You want to get some strange in there. Thomas Rawls, first game back, I think the ownership would be low. He's only 5,800. It allows you to go up to one of those big quarterbacks if you want to put a big quarterback in a tournament lineup. I think you can easily do it with Rawls. And if you want to talk about game script, look, San Fran is going to struggle going into Seattle. They are going to be running the football in the second half a lot. I know the line hasn't played well, but the 49ers still are lacking a fair amount. If you watched last week's game, they struggled against Carolina. They're going to struggle on the road this week as well in Seattle, which is one of the toughest places to play. So Rawls is my favorite dark throw of the week. All right, let's go over to wide receiver here. Antonio Brown, top of the board, 9,400. And it's funny, you know, I got in this conversation yesterday on one of my radio shows, and I said, 
Um, and I just realized how, how, uh, absurd that sounds. And I sound like a jerk. Oh, one of my many radio shows, but yes, <laughs> one of my many, that's right. You do, I'm a I mean, what you're, you're not being wrong. Yeah, I'm not I mean, being you're just wrong. Being honest I do eight a people. week. I do eight a week, but still, <laughs> you know, on one of my many radio shows that I like to broadcast from my yacht, whenever I'm out there, I enjoy, <laughs> I sit on the yacht. Sipping from Cavassia. Yeah. And so such. I have a, a, just a giant microphone that's actually made of gold. It's solid gold that I use, uh, yet it still doesn't help my awful voice. But Antonio Brown, I said, if I was in you know, some of these big money, you know, FFC kind of draft stuff, I would always go Antonio Brown one because he is the safest guy in the NFL. And I know people are going to see the price at 9400 and they're going to just tune right out. But you have to understand that he is still one of the most – productive and best return on investment guys, despite how high that salary is on a weekly basis. And I just want to point that out for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you there, man. Uh, Antonio Brown's a guy that, that just, you know, every single week, um, you know, the, the Steelers throw it 30, 35 times, you know, that at least 12 of them are coming to Antonio Brown. He's probably catching at least 10 of them. So, I mean, it, that, that's such a ridiculously high floor and, and, you know, he's such a game breaker. In addition to that, he, he you know, he's, he's not just safe, but like he's, he's like the ultimate high floor, but also high ceiling guy. So at, at 9,400, uh, if you're scared off by that with, with a guy like Antonio Brown, then, then feel free uh, because I'm going to be owning him too. All right. You've got Mike Evans, 8,500, who I think is a lock for a touchdown this week against the bears. No matter how many weeks it's been since James Winston has played. I still like Evans in this one to get a touchdown at home. Jordy Nelson, 8,100, is by far the best value of this very top grouping, although Michael Thomas at 8K, you can make that argument too. I think people will be a little slightly shy off Thomas. Those who are new to DFS, those who are not, will realize you're in the dome. It doesn't matter. Michael Thomas is 100% back in play. Nelson, Thomas, those are the best pairings there in terms of with those quarterbacks. Uh, I know you can make a case for Adams. You want to make a case for GPPs for Ginn. Sorry, I'm still going to take the big boys because that's where the target volume goes to. Now, Amari Cooper had a very nice showing first shot out of the gate. The trick is, does he disappear in week two? Because that's historically what Amari Cooper does. Has a great game and then disappears. What are your thoughts on him this week against a very weak Jets defense? Does he have enough opportunities, say that they're winning this game by a fair amount, to be worth this price? I mean, whether or not he he does – I, I just I'm looking at the board, and at 7900, if if it's Cooper or if it's Brandon Cooks, I'm going Cooks 100 percent of the time. Honestly, I think that that he's a guy that that people might be scared off of uh, because he kind of he, he was okay in the in the season opener. But this is a time uh, when, like you said, we're in the dome here. We're going to be in New Orleans. Uh, it's going to be a really high scoring game, uh, and you know. You don't want to like toss this in and, and like really lean on it, but I mean that Cooks is going against his old team. I think that the Patriots are, are cognizant of that. I, I think that Cooks is going to have a monster game, and I, I'm not so certain that that Cooper is. And you know, we kind of let off the show talking about how uh, the the Raiders should be able to get off to a fast start. Maybe maybe Cooper's a part of it, um, but I just I think that Cooks is a lock for all of my lineups this week. Yeah, I prefer to save 600 and go to Crabtree because I think just from a possession wide receiver standpoint, he gives you more floor and I think more consistency should this game continue to even get out of hand, that he's going to be the targeted guy a little bit more than Cooper because chances are there is a lead. So we're looking about getting first downs, not necessarily taking shots at the end zone late. Uh, and I agree with you, Cooks. You know, I'm not buying into the revenge narrative here so much, but you know, I, Tom Brady and company are going to put up some points. And if you're looking for Brady, Cooks is – 
Cooks and Hogan is where I would go. Uh, you know, two yep. ends of the spectrum there. I would fade away Gronkowski, not because he's not talented, just because that investment at tight end can really make or break you. Whereas I don't think Cooks will break you if it goes wrong. I think he'll still be good enough. And Hogan, even if he goes wrong, it's not going to cost you that much to figure right. out. All right. Tyreek Hill at 72 after a big game. T.Y. Hilton, no thank you. You're done. Keenan Allen, 7,100. Um, I want to talk about Keenan Allen. This is another guy with a ton of target volume coming his way. And for me, if you are going to go with that Philip Rivers high ownership there and Keenan Allen, I think that's going to be a very popular pairing. I think it's going to have a high ownership, though. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, I do think that they will be, you know, people want to point out, well, Rivers had a tough game last time against Miami through a couple picks, but, you know, I tend not to go too far into the past about those kind of things. You know, no. bad games happen to everybody. Sure. Uh, but do you like see what, excuse me, do you like uh, Keenan Allen this week when you're talking about the target volume and opportunity? Um, I think that, yeah, the target volume here uh, is going to be there. And I think that this is a week where, where the Chargers are going to be so relieved to be facing a pass rush that, that isn't even the same stratosphere as what Denver brings with, with Von Miller and just kind of the way that they're able to scheme things up uh, in Denver. So, uh, you know, River's going to have a ton more time to throw. Um, but I, I'm more ba- banking on like a Hunter Henry uh, bounce back that, than a Keenan Allen one. Uh, there's something about this tier of receivers right here, be it uh, Allen, be it Tyreek Hill. Um, I think you do make, make a good point on Michael Crabtree, but like a Doug Baldwin or a Des Bryant, you know, these, these seven, the, the, from the 7,000 to the mid 7,000s, I'm just, I'm having a hard time approaching it. I, I think I'm, I'm going to either going to go uh, way down the board or I'm going to, I'm going to try to uh, pair Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks and, and just kind of go expensive there and save up elsewhere. Well, there's lots of opportunity in this middle range too. Larry Fitzgerald, even if you don't like Palmer, you have to imagine the target volume is going to be very strong there at 66. Stefan Diggs, same thing at 65. We love the target volume that Diggs offers. I think that, you know, Bradford will do enough to get him to be a good return this week. Even though it's a road game, you got Devontae Parker, who I think is a little bit more of a GPP play at 64. Not sure if I want to take that out of the gate again, that two-week layoff. Really just – I can't shake it. It's just something that I – you know, I've seen teams be flat after this one week where then nobody plays in week four of the preseason. Now two weeks off, plus all the commotion back and forth with everything going on with the hurricane situation. Completely across the country too. Yeah. It's just, I can't get behind it. I really can't. I understand it. I get it. And maybe Parker is a good Darthur because maybe they are behind late and they trying to press the ball. But the guy that I love is $6,200 Mark Davis Bryant. I'm telling you right now at home off the down week, lock it up, baby touchdown city, Chris Hogan, 62 I think you make a case for him too. And then as you continue to go down here, let's talk about Corey Davis at 57. Now, look, I understand the secondary is tough there. I get it. But I'm not sure where they're going to be, who is going to be guarding Corey Davis at this point. Smart football would say you put your best guy on Davis because this guy is a dangerous guy. But I wonder if, you know, veteran coaching staffs look at it and say, well, you know, let's go take out the guys we know. Let's take out Decker. Let's take out Richard Matthews. Let's make sure we stop those guys. Corey Davis beats us. Corey Davis beats us. But I got a newsflash for you. Corey Davis can beat you. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Uh, he's a, you know, he's an absolute stud. He's immediately showed out of the gate why he was a top five pick. Um, but are you going with him? Or, you know, where, where that, that's an offense that, that's very crowded as far as, uh, you know, the market share goes. But he got a lot of go, targets last week. I know he did. But uh, for an extra $100, 
Adam Thielen, what do you think? I mean, how are you approaching uh, these two? Adam Thielen's like the Rodney Dangerfield of wide receivers. I mean, just absolutely no respect. no respect. None. And I'm like, what does the guy got to do? He puts up 20 last week. You know, he has a great game. And people say, like, no. Nah, awesome, too. Nah, I'm not just not buying Adam Thielen. I'm just not going to do it. Why? Why aren't you right. buying Adam Thielen? What's wrong with you? I, I'm, I'm absolutely buying Adam Thielen. And that's another guy you want to talk about. Lineup foundation guys. We're talking about Rawls being, you know, kind of a GPP guy. Thielen, same thing there. Or 58. It's, you can pay up for Antonio Brown. You can pay up all over the place uh, and make things work with just a simple situation like that. And, you know, look, that's, that's pretty much what wide receiver looks like. You don't want to go back to the Cooper Cupwell again at 54. Okay. Again, I think that's one I like more in a full PPR than a half PPR. So you're probably going to pay a little more for it. But wide receiver is no shortage of values in the middle. You talked about that $6,500 range wide receiver. There's a lot of guys with a lot of touchdown upside that you don't have to pay up for, you know, the Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, if you don't want to. I still say Jordy Nelson's one of those guys week in, week out. It's one of the best combinations. If you're starting Rodgers and you're not starting Nelson, I just I think you're doing it wrong. All right, over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus – a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Void where prohibited. All right, tight end, 8,100. No, thank you. Rob Gronkowski, I appreciate I'm glad you came in. We love your work. I'm a big fan. Gronk smash. Glad he's learning about Mother Nature nowadays. Yes. You know, the, yeah, you know, yes. A learned Gronk is a good Gronk. It's, yes, it's good he's, to see. he's having the Tom Brady meal plan. He's doing all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, but, however, if I am going to pay up for a tight end, Travis Kelsey is 67. I actually really do like. I think that's a spot where coming off kind of a quiet game against New England, and if Tyreek Hill was a little banged up and everybody's going to be worried about Hunt, I think this opens things up for Kelsey at home a little bit at 67. What are your thoughts on paying up for him? Uh, yeah, I think you bring up some good points there. But um, at the same time, I'm probably just uh, – just as a general principle for this week, I'm probably just not paying up. Uh, that high at tight end. Uh, I'll, I'll go down to to another guy that had uh, a quiet opening week here uh, with, with Jimmy Graham and, and Seattle. I think that, uh, you know, Seattle and, and Russell Wilson were, was under duress the entire time last week. And, and you know, things just kind of got iffy uh, for that offense. I think the offense kind of gets itself into gear a little bit more this week. And I think Jimmy Graham's a big part of that. So, uh, you know, for $400 less, um, I, I think that he would be my guy. Would you rather have Baldwin in the lineup this week or Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham, 100%. All right. I, I think I agree with that statement as well. I think a little less uh, a little less risk there, potentially. All right, Hunter Henry, we mentioned at 57, but let's talk about $6,100. Zach Ertz, uh, tons of targets his way. Uh, Kansas City is a tough place to play. I think this is a tall order. I think there's going to be a lot of people loving on car- on. Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz do have another good game, but everybody's got to remember Kansas City is not the easiest place to go when and win a football game. I know Barry is out, which if Barry was in this game, I'd tell you just run the other way from Ertz. I think he's yeah. usable, but I'm concerned. Uh, Kyle Rudolph at 55, however, I think is a great little play. Forget Jesse James at the what he did last week. You throw that out the window. That's not a not an every week kind of thing. Yeah, it was a one time deal. At all. It's a one time deal, Jesse. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, just just <laughs> you and me. It was one thing. I was lonely. All right, and that's it. And, and then Sunday, I'm, I was sad. Sunday, I was sad. You know, <laughs> I I was out of my survivor pool in week one by four o'clock. <laughs> <By> four o'clock. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it just it was weird. Things got weird. Okay. Just, but speaking speaking of which, I do need I need some some therapy here uh, on Hunter Henry because I, I have you know I dove in with both feet. Uh, and drafts on Henry Henry, and he goes ahead and, and plays a tiny percentage of the snap count for the Chargers. Uh, you know, it's a new coaching staff here for San for Los Angeles. Does he bounce back? I mean, or am I, am I hitting the panic button now? Uh, in season long, I don't think you hit the panic button. In DFS, I don't think you want to take that chance. Okay. You know, when you've got guys like Clay still out there that you could throw some money on, when you got Witten, who you know is going to be a target lock, there's no reason to take the risk on Henry Henry because – it's not like he's 5,100. You go, okay, look, it's all upside. It's 57, you know, for a couple hundred dollars more, you can go with Ertz, you can go with Bennett, you can go with Delaney Walker, who I think probably, you know, considering what that secondary looks like, that might not be a terrible play either. Um, you know, so tight end is is on the trickier side. I, I'm with you. I kind of like Jimmy Graham. I think some people will be off him because of that bad week one, but good all the more for me otherwise I think Delaney Walker is a good pivot right off of that if you're doing multi-entries and if you want to just go cheap I think throwing a flyer on Kyle Rudolph because Kyle Rudolph to me at 55 has much more volume potential built in with the offense you know just historically from last year what I saw to Bradford than Hunter Henry does yet so I think that's kind of the way I'm playing that one let's talk about defense because Seattle Seahawks top of the board 54 I say worth paying for against San Fran because, you know, I'm pretty sure that they're going to struggle to score points and they're going to have some turnovers. But Oakland against the Jets, also viable. Uh, you can continue to go down this road here. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, I'm hesitant, but okay. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, just one of those things. I'm a little gun shy right now. I think Baltimore is going to be very chalky at 47. Yeah. Do you go back to the well on the Rams or the Jacksonville Jaguars this week? Uh it's hard for me with with the Rams. Uh, I, I do trust that that Washington offense is going to get itself in gear a fair bit, and I, I think that the people will flock to the to the Jaguars defense after what they were able to pull off um, last week. But it, it's going to be hard to to pull that same thing off. You know, it's not like they're going against Tom Savage and a team that has uh, like zero tight ends. Um, you know, the, this is a Tennessee team that's going to be competing for that division title. Um, so things are a little bit different in that one. Um, so, uh, you know, for, for, you know, if you capitalized last week on those guys or if like you were kind of pinched against the cap and you kind of like had to hold your nose and go with either of those and it paid off for you. Nice. But I, I don't see it happening again for either of them. Yeah. I'll tell you what, too. I'll, I'll take the chance with Jacksonville because they're at home and because it's 43, I'm more apt to do that. And I'll tell you what, don't, don't sleep on this Cleveland Browns defense. I talked about it last week. I've been talking about it a lot on my many radio shows. I do so many. Uh, tremendous. Tremendous amazing. shows. There's so many radios, Huge. okay? And I'm on all of them. You're going to really like the shows. I'm telling you. You're going to love them. You're going to be so impressed with how good the shows are. Okay? pretty good, man. You're kind of, they're kind of freaking me out by how good that is. <laughs> uh, Cleveland Browns at 41. Don't sleep on this offense. Plus, I mean, unless defense because the uh, – Baltimore Ravens offense is uh, it's heinous. Okay, okay, like heinous. They, they flew it. Heinous. They, they yeah. threw it seventeen times last week, and Joe Flacco, a supposed professional quarterback, completed nine of them. Like that, it's that's like you know that's what you see almost out of like a triple option quarterback in college. Like that, that's those are not uh, promising numbers. And, and you know, for for the Browns to be able to stand up 
to a Steelers offense that is actually competent and, and, you know, hold them way under what people were expecting. I'm with you there. I think the Browns, you know, even though they are going to be traveling this week, um, I, I think the Browns are going to keep this one close. I think they're going to, they're going to have a, a, you know, a solid output. I think uh, Baltimore's due for some turnovers in this one, as opposed to last week, uh, Cincinnati can't turn anyone over. They can't even turn over a rookie quarterback making his first start. Um, I think that's a little bit different this week. So I'm, I think the Browns sneakily are a nice play this week. All right, last million-dollar question. Here it is, the, the weekly million-dollar question. Tariq Cohn, 5,400. We're going back to the well based on the volume and need because there's hardly anybody left in this offense to throw a ball to, or you fade him away because it can't possibly get any better and everything just broke his way last week. Um, yeah, I think that the, the last week was, is probably going to be uh, something where the where the lemmings are chasing it and then they fall off a cliff a little bit. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy. How sustainable is this? Uh, you know, and not to knock it because I, I'm not a large man myself, but like Terry Cohen is what, like 5'6". He, he's well under 200 pounds. Um, he's I just don't Sproles. See, he's Sprolesy. Yeah. But it, but he's twenty pounds less than Sproles even. Like you know, and that, that you know at that size, that, that's a lot. So. Um, I, you know, I, I'll let other people, if I'm wrong on Cohen, then I'll, then I'll, you know, I'll admit that. Yeah. I think um, that's, but, I think that's it. You nailed it. If you're, it's one of those guys, if you're wrong, you're okay being wrong about, but if you know, you don't want to, you'd rather be wrong on somebody else's team than wrong on your own. Okay. I got, I got uh, one interesting one though, to keeping in that, in that same rookie dart throw. If you watch that Monday night game uh, for, between the Vikings and the saints, did it not look like Kamara was the best running back in that backfield? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's so much as an indictment on the rest of them, but you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, think it's right, a complete tournament dart throw here, but Kamara, it is a 47, is, but it's and he's, not he's going to be a, pa- he's going to be a pass catching back for them. And, and I imagine that, that the Patriots are going to get ahead. So the saints, I mean, the saints are always going to be throwing it, but especially this week. So I, I do kind of like Kamara here. A little Kamara bit. is another guy that I would throw in that, you know, multi-entry tournament yes. situation. Yes, I would, because he just has to score a touchdown at 4,700 to be useful. And mm-hmm. you know what, Bilal Powell, you can throw it to that grouping too of bounce back guys. If you want to talk about, you know, people who are, you know, liked him and now all of a sudden one game in, everybody wants to write him off. I think he'll bounce back too. So uh, there's a lot of guys out there tournament wise, and it might be one of those times where, you know, not mega entry, but maybe you want to do the multi-entry and, and you know, go out there and, you know, throw a couple lineups in instead of just the one or two. Maybe you go three or four, and, and there's lots of different options out there and lots of price savings. All right, you can follow him at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia 17 and all over uh, the coast as I sail up and down with my giant yacht doing radio shows. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy.